Welcome to the Art of a Messy House podcast, where my house is messier than ever, but I am at my happiest. And the only answer for it is Jesus, where my hope is anchored. Come join me, Jen Kasuda, your host, for faith encouragement, testimonies, and devotionals as I share everyday faith in my real, authentic, not perfect way. There will be stories of humility, kindness, truth, and love as we walk in faith through the everyday relatable moments. As a wife, mom, teacher, and author, I'm learning to embrace this messy but beautiful life while encouraging others to do the same. No matter what stage of faith you are at, you will learn of God's love here and be empowered to walk in your own beautifully distinct purpose right here, right now. So let's step over the clutter together and laugh through the stress, for true beauty is in the art of a messy house. So dear God, please bless this beautifully imperfect mess. Love, Jen. Dear God, why is this happening? I thought I was past this. Why now? I thought I was healed. I thought I was healing. I thought I was on the right path and moving in the right direction. Why is this happening? Have you ever found yourself asking that question? Have you ever found yourself asking the question of, why is this happening right now? I don't get it. I don't get it. I I thought that I was healing. I thought I was past this. And then all of a sudden, the questions or the situations, the past, it just comes rolling back in. Don't write off small moments. The ones that happen every day, don't write them off. I have found that there are so many times like this in my life that have come after a healing or after a breakthrough where these seeds of doubt try to plant themselves right in front of me so that I won't step into where I'm going. I won't step into the breakthrough. I won't step into the blessing because they're trying to distract me into past cycles. That is not true. We don't want to write off the small moments. We don't want to label the moments as small. We don't want to take these seeds of doubt and allow them to label what God is doing. We can't put labels and limits on a limitless God. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I tell myself this all the time. Let God do the math. Forgive me for labeling something small or a situation or a moment when God can show up and God can do amazing things in any single moment before us. So let's not entertain the seeds of doubt. Instead, let's walk into what God has for us. And so There are small moments that happen every single day. And today is really going to be about those small moments. The ones that we may write off like, "Mm, I don't know, that wasn't a big deal. But we can't do that. We must not do that because we don't know what a big deal is to God. We don't know what God is working behind the scenes. And so we need to lay down our pens, our ways of drafting our own version. When God has so much in store for us. We need to step into that. And so sometimes I find that there's these redirections, these moments that renew our direction deeper into God's strength. And I'm going to get back into this topic in later episodes because God has really been aligning my life with those small moments, the moments I label as small moments, where I look back and I'm like, wow, that wasn't so small at all. That was actually life-changing. That was actually transformational 
because I decided to make the choice in that moment. And the choice in that moment was to turn to God, was to stand in what God was doing and trust him instead of entertaining the seeds of doubt. And so today I'm really going to focus on that. I'm going to remind myself like I do in all these episodes. I say this for whatever reason, this message was placed on my heart to share with a group of women for my church. And after I shared it with them, well, part of this message, I was prompted to write it down. And so in praying about what do I do about it? I know when there's a message of like urgency or a prompt that's like, okay, get this out there. The best way as far as right now in what I'm doing is to put this into a podcast episode. And so here it is. I'm not sure when I'll put it out there, but you are hearing it now. It's out there. And I pray it is a blessing. Don't write off the breakthrough. Don't write off what God has done in your life. Don't forget what he has done. Don't limit. Don't doubt. Don't doubt what has been done, what you've healed from, what you continue to heal from, how far you've come because there's a seed of doubt, because you are facing something from the past. That does not mean your healing is not happening. Instead, that may mean it's just more of the healing happening. You're stepping into a higher level of healing. And I am finding this time and time and time again. I once heard a pastor that I love listening to, Pastor Marsha Mansour. She was talking about moments like this. And she was saying that sometimes the enemy will break a window on the way out. And that stuck with me because once again, during a time where I was like, wait, why am I facing so much anxiety? I thought I was past this. And it's like, no, just because you've been healed of something. And I've openly talked about my testimony and I'm going to share the moment where I felt healed from anxiety. And where I felt that deliverance from anxiety. I'm going to talk about that in this episode today. But I say that because it does not mean, even when I share it, even though I've walked through it, even though that moment happened in my life, it's not that I don't face anxiety. It's not that I'm not going to face anxiety. It's not that I don't face fear. I just have learned how to fight differently. And in a way that, first of all, the healing goes to God. I am humbled to have this as part of my testimony. And I pray and believe that God wants to do this for so many other people. And that's why I share this. I don't share it to ever say, look at me. Instead, I share it to really turn eyes to him and what he can do. And so sometimes when you're healing or when you have a breakthrough, I've had this where I'm like, wow, things are improving. Things are working out. All of a sudden something will happen. And it's like stirs up everything. It shakes up everything. And it's like the enemy is trying to break a window. The enemy is trying to distract us. And he's trying to break that window before, first of all, he's on his way out. But before he leaves, he's trying to break a window because he wants to distract us from the healing. He wants to distract us from the breakthrough. He wants to distract us from whatever it is that is happening, the goodness that is happening, what God is unfolding. He will relentlessly, the enemy will relentlessly try to keep our eyes from seeing the good we are meant to see. But here's the thing. No matter how many windows he breaks, he lost. Our mindset shifting for the Lord, we need to turn to the Lord. We need to turn to the Lord and we need to get into the mindset of crushing 
the enemy's plans. Every morning, we need to get into the mindset to walk in purpose and realize that God has us where we are for a reason. May we be empowered to walk in that. We don't need to wait for this aha, like, yes, I know my purpose. God has us where we are to walk in purpose right now. I don't know about you, but that empowers me. He has a way that's good for us. And then there is the devil doesn't want what's good for us. And so if we wake up every morning, God, lead me. What do you want me to do today? Unfold these moments before me to walk in the purpose you have for me. We can crush the enemy. Whatever the enemy's plans are, we can crush it. However, the enemy has no power. He has already lost. However, in our silence or in our pausing and what we're called to do, love people, share our gifts with the world, it appears that the enemy has more power than he really does or more of a hand in things, but he does not. And so he has no power. God holds all power and authority. And may our walking, pray stepping, remind whatever comes against us of that, because the enemy will always overplay his hand. In a very unlikely place and time, when all around me fear was so loud, but in the quiet of a dark school bathroom, I heard a whisper and stepped into a moment that changed my life forever. Our testimonies are not meant to stay with us. I truly believe that we all have testimony after testimony of God's goodness. Our testimonies are, there's so many things that God has done in our lives and they're not meant to stay with us. His goodness we need to share. We need to share about his goodness. He can and will prompt us to share and he can, and he can use it. He will use it if we're available and obedient to sharing when we need to. So I pray by sharing this peace of mind, it not only encourages someone else, but also encourages others to share their own. Because like the pastor at my home church says, when we share what God has done in our lives, and when we walk led by the Holy Spirit, a domino effect happens. Now, we are meant to be transformed and continue to grow. We are meant to continue to grow and to continue to learn. It's part of life and living and just sharing our testimonies. We can continue to do that. We can pour into other people. We can speak truth. We can speak encouragement. We can speak. We can just share. We don't know what part of our testimony or a piece of the story that God's going to use and plant somewhere else for somebody else. Well, he's going to grow as we plant the seeds. We don't know what God's going to do with those moments. But walking in God's plan All of this goes along with that stance and mindset of going around crushing the enemy's plans by walking in God's plan for our lives. All we need is a whisper. And so I say this because I've shared many times that from a very young age, I have, I remember thoughts as early as five where I battled anxiety, depression, and disordered eating, and a whole bunch of other things connected to that same realm of seeking control, seeking perfectionism, all of that. And so it wasn't always for people to see. It wasn't out there. I hid it. I did a really good job or I thought I did a good job of hiding behind things. But people were placed along the way to give me encouragement. And I really believe that God put them into places in my life to keep me going because just I just look back and there's these people that were in the time and in the place and they spoke this word of encouragement that they probably didn't even know was going to keep me going, was going to plant hope, plant seeds of hope. 
And so I say that because, you know, I hid behind the perfect grades and boards and the friends and staying busy, staying busy was something I hid behind. The busier I was, I felt like I looked happier. I looked like I was being more productive and I looked like I had it together when I didn't. And so I would go through these cycles. There were times that were good and then there were times that were negative. And, you know, one time of meeting, I, I'm not even going to talk about all those times, but there was one time after I met my husband, I remember I started to recognize certain cycles and I knew that I didn't want to stay in that cycle. I just recognized I needed to break it. So I'd reached out for a therapist at the time and worked with her and for a couple months. And then even after I had kids, it was another time that I recognized I wanted to change the cycles once and for all. Because these cycles just kept coming up. They would be good. And then all of a sudden, things would come up. It was like I needed to heal from things. And so after I had my daughter, I reached a moment where I was like, enough is enough. It was maybe 10 months after having my daughter. And a transformational moment came after one of the hardest times I ever had in my life. And I mean, I've shared this so many times. I I don't mean to sound like I'm sharing it over and over again, but it's such an important part of my testimony and just what God had done. You know, walking through at the time I had post-traumatic stress disorder from my son's allergic reaction when he was seven months old. It had landed us in the hospital with no EpiPen in the middle of a snowstorm and um, after an anaphylactic reaction. And then I also didn't know I had post-traumatic stress disorder for years after that until diagnosed with it. And in itself, that was a lot to handle. But after that, and I went through a miscarriage and a friend lost a child and I had these other medical issues and I was running, searching for answers, searching for anything that would help me have control because I did not have control. There was so much in my life right then was going on and I just could not control it. And then I got pregnant with my daughter and it was like, okay, things are better, right? Although I was calmer, I wasn't healed. It was almost quiet for a little while. And I just remember it being a hard time, but it was okay because it had been a lot better than I had been for the prior two years before being pregnant with her. And so then, of course, I was happy and I was joyful. And I mean, I felt like it was such a time of God, you know, blessing our lives with her and the pregnancy. Right after she was born, I found a lump on my breast, which led to months and months of biopsies, running to doctors, doctors telling me, and they were such great doctors. I thank every single one of them for the patients. If anyone ever listens to this, whoever dealt with me, I'm saying dealt with me, but whoever came in contact with me that year after having my daughter, I just thank you for your patience. There were so many people that were so patient with me and like your grace. Like, and your kindness, and because there were people that were really aligned in my life that really helped me during a time when it was right before I reached enough is enough. And it was a challenging time. And so I remember when I had met a breast surgeon and she was really so kind. And then I aligned with myself with a, another counselor at the time, and she was wonderful. And so everything started to turn around. It was like I reached this low pit of I needed to change it once and for all. I was done with these cycles. I was done with like almost better. And then all of a sudden, like these moments of heaviness. And so 
I reached a moment of enough is enough. And I really started to heal. Everything started to heal. I remember everything was working out and it just felt like I was making the right steps. I felt encouraged. I felt things were changing. Even my, like the energy of my house and just like, we were just joyful. We had the joy of the Lord. At this time, I had been in the Bible reading for many years at this point, and I could see the transformation in my life. I could see that I could combating things. I was fighting back with faith. I was turning to Psalm 91 when I needed to. I was praying. I was going to church. I was speaking with people I needed to speak with. I was healing. I say all that because, I mean, I would have panic attacks. I would put everything, like it was like almost a year of me putting on this face and being this mom and this wife. And I would, I would put on this happy face for everybody. And then I would crumble at night. I would cry. I would have panic attacks at night. And it was just this, I can't even describe. I have written down, I wrote lots of poems during that time. And it was a dark, dark time for me. It was a time I honestly didn't think I was going to get past. But I prayed and I continued in the Bible and continued to cry out to God. I remember I would come, there was a pastor that comes to my house. My father-in-law would minister to me. I would reach out to the elders of the church. I would go every single time they had an altar call. I would go up to the altar. I would say, I need to be healed. God, heal me. Time and time again, I would seek healing. And it came. It started to come. Everything started to lift. Because I don't know if you've ever walked through a time like that, but there were people distancing themselves from me. It was I'm not mad at them for doing that. You almost don't know what to say to people when they're walking through something like that. I pray to be somebody who doesn't distance myself and someone who says, hey, can I pray for you or with you? Or hey, can I just hang out? Like, what what do you want to do? You want to go for a walk? Go for a walk. Let's get into the sun, get into the sunlight and just talk to each other. Life is busy and I'm not going to fault anyone for any of that. I needed to heal. I needed to turn to God. I needed to heal. I needed to do this and it started to happen. And like I said, I was reading the Bible. It was just, I was diagnosed with what I had. It was like, oh, everything was making sense. Do you ever get to that? Like everything starts to make sense. I had these strategies that the therapist was giving me. I was in God's word. I was healing. I was applying God's word. Like I felt the joy of the Lord and I was happy. And I remember telling the counselor at that time, it may sound really sad, but it I spent most of my life pretending to be happy. That sounds so depressing. And it wasn't like, if you knew me, like, just know, like, I wasn't like lying. I wasn't meaning to lie. It was just like, it was like, I had this weight over me that I couldn't really be my true self because of this anxiety, this social anxiety or whatever it was at the time, this constant worry in the back of my mind that I wanted to just walk and live life the way I was meant to, but yet I was just so burdened. And so I I wasn't trying to lie to people. I wasn't trying to hurt people. I wasn't trying to be too quick to pay attention I was battling. And I think sometimes it makes me realize there's probably a lot of other people battling. And I pray to be people who can just pay attention and notice people and just be there for people. Because I think we need to be there more for people in this busy world. I think that these are the situations and the moments and the ways we can walk in purpose by paying attention to the prompts, paying attention to other people, paying attention to how we can use what God has gifted us every single day and where he has aligned us. He gave us the gift of today where we are for a reason and and using that to help people. And so I say that because I was just going to say something that was sad and I don't like saying something that was sad, but I remember telling the counselor at the time that before this healing came, I was in my mid-30s. Before that, I could remember probably only 10 times I was truly happy in my life. 
where I felt pure joy, where I wasn't worried about like what this person was thinking or saying or doing and these weights every every day, every day I woke up excited again and and just really like wanting, I have always loved to be a, things in my life. I've always loved teaching. So it wasn't that I wasn't happy in doing those things, but I, I put my happiness into those things. So if there was a bad day in teaching or if there was a bad mom, there was just a day where I'm like, oh no, I am not feeling like a good mom today, even though I'm doing my best. Like it's just one of those days I would pour my happiness into that. So then I would crumble if there was a bad day. And that's not the way we're supposed to live because there are going to be bad days. We have to put our joy in the Lord. We have to put our hope in the Lord. He can't crumble. So he can hold us up when we crumble. And when we need his strength, we need his strength all the time. It's not our own strength. Oh boy, I'm getting sidetracked. I didn't mean to do that. But I can only re- remember like 10 times that I was genuinely happy. And I remember saying like, wow, now it's every single day. There's been 10 times in this day alone I've been happy. And so I just, this mindset, this change, this weight, things were cycles were breaking and God was working such wonderful and transformation in my life. And I remember I was feeling amazing. I was feeling so great. I was like, yes, this is where my healing is coming. I can't wait. This is great. And then I got a phone call. I don't know if you've ever been that like so empowered, so like, yes, yes, yes. And then boom, bad news comes. I got a phone call when I was at work that there was a cyst on my ovaries and due to the gigantic size it was, I needed to be tested for cancer and they were concerned because of the size. And now I just got back. I just started to heal. I just started to heal from this medical anxiety and now I'm getting this phone call telling me I needed to rule out cancer. Before this, I had blocked out anytime I heard that word. I really would. There was just so many times I had been running. I was literally running from things. I was trying to stay so busy and just running from everything that I just couldn't even, I used to say it was multitasking, but there is no such thing as multitasking, which I also learned during this time. And I will definitely do an episode on that because that was a big aha moment for me where I was like, oh boy, maybe that's why I need to slow down too. But anyway, it's actually called task switching, which is a really cool topic to talk about because I used to always be like, you know me, just multitasking, but okay, now I'm jumping again. Anyway, I get that phone call. I run to the car. I call my husband and I'm like crying hysterically. Don't worry. I didn't leave my class. It was like a break. And I'm crying to my husband. I'm like, why is this happening to me right now? Why would God, why would God do this right now? And I remember like saying that and I was like, well, sorry, God, I'm not trying to blame you, but I don't get it. And I'm like all over the place crying. And my husband asked the rational questions. He said, call back, ask the doctor these questions. I'm so thankful for him because he can really bring it back into perspective. But he also was, I could tell on his voice, he was a little concerned. He had concern in his voice. And so I went into the bathroom before I was going to call the doctor back and talk rationally. And this is where the moment came. And this is where this whole episode, I really just, there's so much in this moment. I just pray that the purpose comes out in this moment. I went into the bathroom and the bathroom outside my classroom at this time was dark. It was a dark bathroom. There was barely any light. There were no windows. It's actually kind of creepy if I think about it. I'm not trying to laugh, but now that I'm like really thinking about it and imagining it in my mind, 
to describe it, it's creepy. (laughs) I went in there and I'm still crying. I just don't understand. God, I don't understand. I I just came out of the season, this like season, like this is a great season. Why is this happening to me? And in this moment, I didn't realize the importance of this moment. I understood how I felt after this moment, but I didn't understand this, its significance until probably a year later. Much like my middle school teacher, Mrs. Carey, told us, I turned to conversation to God. God, I'm crying out to you. Why? But I know I'm supposed to ask you, what do I do? So what do I do? I'm like, I don't want this. I don't want this. This doesn't make sense. What do I do, God? And at that very moment, I heard a soft whisper clearly on my heart. You cannot go back. I need you here. In my crying and hearing this, don't go back. I need you here. And I'm like, God, God doesn't need me to do it. He can do anything. God does not need me. He can do all things without me. But in that moment, I was so humbled that I had no choice to go. I was not going to go back to my old cycles. I didn't know exactly what that meant in that moment, but I was so humbled and empowered by a whisper, by a moment in a dark bathroom that I had a choice before me and I knew I couldn't go back. And those things don't always happen. Like I don't hear something so clearly, but I heard it on my heart. The Holy Spirit talks to people differently. And when I heard God said, don't go back, I need you here. In that moment, I knew I was going to be okay. I I didn't know what that meant, but I felt like God like hugging me. Like you, it's gonna be okay, but you need to make the choice to not spiral back. I had come so far in those three years with God leading me. And so I just I couldn't. He was calling me. He didn't need me, but he was calling me. And I had to make a choice on that day, in that moment, in that anything but elegant bathroom to be content and faithful even before I knew for sure what the outcome would be. I decided in that moment, I was going to declare that I was healed before I even had results of anything. I wasn't going to do what I normally do. It sounds like I was in that bathroom for a long time, but I really wasn't. I don't know why I just felt the need to say that, but I was just thinking like this moment was a whisper. It was a moment. And that type of courage and trust that God wants, he doesn't realize... I didn't realize at the time how significant that moment was until much later. I don't always make the right choices, but I'm so glad that I did and that God forgives us time and time again. It was a moment that changed it all. And this is where he called me. So I could not wait until tomorrow or one day or until the good news came. I could not wait. That's a problem with one day outlooks. I'm not sure if I talked about that yet, but that is something I've definitely written a lot about and reflected a lot about in my own life. The reality is that there is no one day. There is nothing but now. We can plan. We can plan all we want for tomorrow. We can sulk in the present, but we can make excuses for why we can't be happy. And I know this is hard to hear. It's hard for me to hear. In this moment, I had to talk myself out of so many different things. And I don't get why things happen to people. And I don't understand. And I think that there's so much I don't understand. Like, I don't understand why people I have been praying for and people who have been praying who are faithful believers are walking in pain and situations that have not been healed. 
but one day we will understand things and I don't understand. I give it to God and I say, I, I trust you, God. I trust you, God. I don't want this. I'm going to keep praying until I see something happening. I'm going to keep believing. And we must not wait for one day when we have right now. Happiness is not intended to be that way. And good intentions don't equal obedience. And obedience in that moment for me, I had to be, I was available to hear it. I heard it. I listened. I made myself available to what God was telling me to do in that moment. And I had to be obedient to it. I I had a choice, but I made the choice. And so once again, I don't always make the right choice, but I pray this will encourage somebody to change your mindset, to turn to God right now with whatever it is. We have the gift of now. He didn't want me running back. He wanted me right there. And so I started to think, maybe God wants me to be doing this or in this school. I started to think in the literal, even in that moment too, like maybe he wants me to stay at this job for a while longer and and all those things. But God was so much, we can't put limits on God. I remember hearing a sermon at the time about Kairos moments and and how it just reminded us of these big moments that God has where everything God has, how life is filled with God moments for us. And so I left that bathroom. I didn't know that this would be one of those moments for me necessarily. I just knew there was significance in it. I didn't understand it totally, but I I knew something was there. And so I called back, I left, and I went about, I wanted to panic, but I still kept, I stored certain scriptures in my mind. I had them everywhere. I put them everywhere around me. I put them on my phone. I put them in my school, everywhere. This mindset I just had to fill fill my mind with, I would be totally okay and healthy. It was, and a week later, you know, the blood work came back, praise God, and it was fine. But I had to continue to be monitored. And they kept telling me all these things that might have to happen to me and all things, all the things that they told me might have to happen to me. They were wonderful doctors. I have a wonderful doctor, but I didn't want them to happen to me. They were all things I had once been afraid of and fearing. And so I was like, God, I don't want this. And so I just, I was coming out of this medical anxiety. And so I had to, I remember at the time they told me that I had to have a, more tests and images done. And then I had to come back in three to five months. And now normally, if someone told me three to five months, I am the person that is going to try to convince them to see me in two months. That's just the way I've always been. It's not just with this. It is with everything. If my essay was due in college in three months, I was handing it in in two months. So it's been something that's been a good thing in my life, but it also has been something that has been challenging because I have to learn to be patient. And so in this moment, I realized that part of this, I had to wait. And I heard on my heart that I had to wait as long as they tell me. So instead of trying to make another follow-up in three months or even two, I waited until the very end of the five months. And don't don't get me wrong. I wasn't being ignorant to anybody. I was following doctor's orders and I was listening to them. And it was, I actually have an amazing doctor. And I know that might sound really weird, but I love my gynecologist as a person. Like, I just think that I love people. Well, I know we're called to love people, but I love people and love people who show passion for what they do, who love what they do. And I love when people, and my husband agrees, like when people can radiate that passion, when that passion radiates and shines through and they, it just shows that they're walking in purpose. And it just is so humbling and amazing to know that people like that all around really care about well-being and stuff like that. And so I'm not saying anything like that. I was listening to everyone and I was doing 
all of that. I was praying. I was believing. I was trusting. Anytime I felt the fear, I would pray and I would even ask others to pray with me. And so I saying all this because in that moment, just walking out of the bathroom, I knew something had changed. I know something had shifted. And way before the healing came and the healing came, but way before the healing, the physical healing came, the emotional healing came. And I remember wanting to run out of the bathroom and tell everyone I wanted to tell my husband. I remember telling him, listen, God did something. God lifted something for me. And I am so grateful. I don't know what he is doing, but something is happening. And I used to always try to get people to believe me, but I didn't need anyone to believe me in that moment. I was like, just you wait and see. I'm changed. I am a changed person. And my husband was like, okay. I'm like, I didn't need him to confirm it for me. I knew it because I, I just knew it. I got, I knew it because God saw it. God was working. And people once knew me by my anxiety, but now I pray that they know me by my God, because I could never do that in my own strength. I could never have orchestrated a million moments that brought me to a deliverance, a million moments that equipped me and enabled me to help others, to write, to share, to Whatever God was using it for, the wonders, he just want the wonders he unravels, like the domino effect he's going that's going on all around our lives, your testimony, your story, your purposes, your gifts, your callings, the moments before you today matter. I hope this encourages. There's so much I want to share here. I actually think I might have to break this into different episodes because there was like a whole other part of this that I wanted to share. But I I wanted to, first of all, share this because I hope it encourages others to to see what God has done and to know this one, all you need is a whisper. All you need is a whisper because all it was, was a whisper on my heart. Don't go back. I need you here. And I know once again, God doesn't need me. He can do it without me. But in that moment it was life-changing. It was life-changing. It was a breakthrough and it, a breakthrough can happen anywhere. If we are open and available to it, let's not close our minds or limit where and when God will work or how he will work. He can do it. We can't limit him let's not declare like, oh, it's going to, let's not wait for just a huge moment. Humble ourselves to declare it can happen anywhere. Humble ourselves to be available for it to happen anywhere. Let's go declare that out loud over whatever it is. God is healer. He is healing. My whatever it is in Jesus's name, just declare whatever it is. Give it to him. Number two, I cycles will spin until we push against them. Think of a whirlpool. Think of the strength needed to push against the whirlpool in a pool. But also think of the strength that is gained in that process. God strengthens us in the process. It's like after that terrible phone call, the cycle stopped spinning. They had been spinning, but I had to push against them using God's word, storing a scripture, two scriptures, three scriptures, whatever it is using God's word and pushing back, using prayer. God, I see the fear. I feel the fear, but this is what God says. And I just kept changing my mindset, speaking God's truth out loud over it time and time again, having other people pray with me, pray for me when I felt like I was faltering. Number three, I really, speaking of the choice, I think every moment can have the ability to hold a chance. It has the ability to hold a chance. It also has a choice. We all have choices like that. Moments before us every single day, we won't always understand the moments. The reality is life gives us a choice and we can either succumb to fear or chase it away. Sometimes the first option is easier, 
but it's paralyzing because it isn't right. Don't fake the healing. Let's make it happen. I faked it for a long time and and it wasn't true healing. We need to step into what God has for us. We want to step in what God has for us. The bad news may come. It will come. The, the tough times will, you know what? But bad news sometimes comes. The difficult situations will come, but we can stand strong in the spirit. I think of Psalm 68, 19, praise be the Lord to God, our savior, who daily bears our burdens. It makes all the difference to praise him where we are standing. No ultimatums, no maybes, no one day is just praise God. Praise be to the, to the Lord, to God, our savior, who daily bears our burdens. In my life, fear carried a lot of meaning. I had a lot of, it had a lot of say in my thoughts and actions, and even my hopes, but I could not let it steal my dreams. I couldn't let it steal things. It can't steal things. In the Bible, fear carries two meanings. One is healthy and one is unhealthy. And so in a positive sense of the word, it is usually referred to as respect for God and sometimes the respect for people, especially when they are authoritative figures or, you know, but when we have godly fear, we do what's right. We walk humbled obedience to the Lord. On the negative end, fear means to be scared. And as Christians and believers, we are supposed to be God-fearing out of our deep respect. However, we we also never need to be afraid of anyone or anything in this world. I know I struggled and struggled with this and lost way too many years on the opposite spectrum. I was consumed by the wrong types of fear and needed to break the cycle. And I think of when I think of how can we overcome and defeat the fears through though when the world often haunts us with them. I was going to read Psalm 39 because it has so much in there. The first step, it, it, it talks about in Psalm 39, the first step of overcoming negative fears and just being honest about them and all of this and just how in this, like in Psalm 39, David comes to God with his questions. At first, he tried to keep it by being silent and still, but in doing that, his pain and anguish increased as if there was no longer communicating with God. You see, God wants the conversation. He doesn't want us to do it alone. He wants us to cry out in the times of great distress, in the times we don't we don't know what to do. We don't understand. It takes courage to accept. I always, we need, we can cry out. We can use the example David gives us. We don't need to deny it. We can be honest with God. I think that every moment can have ability to hold a chance and a choice, just like I said before. And and we won't always understand it. But what I really wanted to talk about this was record the prompts. I didn't understand the significance of that moment, but I wrote it down because I knew it was something. And in that moment, when we record whatever comes in our heart, even if it doesn't make sense, we can come back to it and see what God is doing, see what he has done and praise him and rejoice in what he is doing. And that is such a blessing. No matter what it is we face, God is working. God is doing something. God is in the details. God calls us to walk in our beautifully distinct purpose all the time. We can walk in purpose every day in the moments that are before us. We don't need to wait for an aha moment. We don't need to wait one day. He calls us every day, even in the simplest moments or even in the dark ones. He is there and he is working in and through us. And so let's put the enemy in his place. He has no place. As believers, we are equipped to walk around stomping out his plans. And amen, the enemy is under our feet because he was defeated. And as I just said, I saw this image as we pray step with God. Each step stomps on the enemy. Pray step. Pray step. As believers, we are equipped to walk around stomping out his plans and 
Amen to that because the enemy is under our feet. He was defeated by the, the cross on the cross. Jesus defeated it all. And so I see this image of stomping on the enemy, pray stepping with God and stomping on the enemy. We must always wear God's armor. I kind of want to sing the song right now, but I don't think I have time to sing the song right now. But I was just thinking of um, the song where we're always like learning that at night during our family devotional time of wearing God's armor and the armor of God, my kids can sing it. And so I was tempted to sing, but I think I'm running out of time. I'm going to have to do another episode on this. But whatever is happening, the word trust, just trust is sometimes so hard, but that two word sentence is as simple and as complex as they come. It changed everything for me. God is a God, is our God of the impossible. That giant sized cyst was completely gone in six months. Praise God. Because even six months after they called me, it was gone. It just makes me want to continue to share these testimonies and share, encourage people, boldly ask God, don't hold back, say it out loud. Say, I need this healing, Lord. Please, I need you. Help me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. God, you know best. What do you want me to do today? Why am I walking through this? Help me. Use me today to fulfill the will you have for my life. Give me the wisdom, the courage to hear what you have and to see what you see. And then I can walk on the path you've designed perfectly for me in this imperfect world. In Jesus' name, amen. There are so many moments before us. Turn to God first, no matter what it is. I never believed that I could be in a high-stress situation like a medical issue, a disagreement, or even an inconvenience at work or wherever it is without sending myself into a wild panic. Yet God is God of the impossible. He has purpose for every single one of us. God won't force us. He gives us free will, but he will lovingly guide us. And in those choices, let's pray to make decisive ones and trust and hold on to faith. So let's reflect. Are we living for God or this world? What are we fearing today? Is it God or this world? What are we trying to prove Are we trying to prove ourselves to anyone? If so, who or what? If we need healing, transformation, dream to come to pass, a gift to be used, if we need something, let's talk to God about it. What are we walking through? Have the conversation with God. Don't wait for one day or until everyone understands. Nobody understood that. If I ran out of that bathroom shouting, I was healed. Nobody would have understood what on earth I was talking about. But God knew what he was doing. He always knows what he was doing. And that is what we need to stand on. God knows. God is with us in those moments. What are we waiting for? Is there a limit on our healing or even on something in our lives? We have a limitless God. We can't limit our limitless God. Be true to who God created you to be and those dreams he placed on your heart. Be honest with what you need for healing and the next steps. Make it happen. Ask the question. Seek it. Be available for it. Reach out to the Lord. Anyone who needs to be rescued from something, he is the rescuer. He can rescue us. No matter what kind of rescue we've experienced or we'll go through, the really cool thing is that once we're saved, we can also help other people see it, right? We can join in. We can share our testimonies. Sometimes rescues take on different forms. They happen in different, right before our eyes. They have life-altering and even historical changing rescues happen all the time behind the scenes when the curtains have not been open. They're not always going to be the ones that are televised or on the news or newsworthy, I'd rather say. God's embrace rescues us. He pulled me back. He pushes us forward. He pulls us back. He pushes us forward. He holds us back. He 
comforts us. He motivates us. He paves the way. What an encouragement. What peace is found in the truth. He pulled me out of riptides that tried to drown me and gave me a new life. He washes us clean. He gives us a new life. Jesus went to the cross to give us a new life. He died and rose again, and he brings us new life. Now it's our job to follow the prompts, throw out the life tube to help those who need to hear the stories we need that God has done in our lives, the testimonies. I share all that because I just recently shared this testimony out loud, and I didn't even realize that that's what the enemy had been trying to do in that moment. In the bathroom, that bathroom, after that phone call, he had tried to break a window on the way out. In the middle of my healing, when I was about to step into a, a life-changing season, he tried to break a window. But I realized that dark bathroom had no windows. And still, it was one of the brightest transformational times of my life. Don't write off when and where God can move. Our availability matters and our obedience matters too. Don't wait for a huge stage. Let your life right here right now, be that stage. Don't entertain the tantrum of the enemy. Stomp on his lies with praise. Rejoice, 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 rejoice in what the Lord is doing. One more thing, when the healing comes, don't replay the lies, but trust in what God is doing. Stop replaying the mistakes. Put on the garment of righteousness and speak godly affirmations. You are a child of God. You are created with a distinct and beautiful purpose. When God calls you to something, his word and directions are what you need. We must not lean on validation from the world or even those close to us. If he is talking and he is prompting you, you don't need someone else's confirmation. You just need what the Lord is calling you to do. Don't worry if no one believes you. God knows. Stand on that and him. Pray about it. And when you are prompted to share, or even if you're not prompted to share, I mean, I could have ran out of that bathroom shouting and screaming for joy of the weight of 30 years of anxiety had been lifted. But I felt in that moment it wasn't time. And so five years later, I think it's five years, it is time. And so I stand on that. He knows. He knows what he's doing. There's so much I want to talk about here, but I'm going to have to turn this into another episode another time. But let's pray. Dear God, thank you for the journey. You, We are beyond thankful for the times that you take our breath away. We trust you for every single moment. Forgive us for what we are not listening to. Forgive us when we are distracted. Forgive us for entertaining a broken window. May we walk in purpose today. May we come to you with what needs healing. May we turn our mindset for what you are doing and trust in you. We trust you, God. Renew our minds. We lift this up. Release all of our one days and our waiting to stand fully in where you have us right now living for you in this moment, in this time, choosing to walk in alignment with you, always for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Art of a Messy House podcast, and thank you even more for being here. Be sure to visit theartofamessyhouse.com to join the conversation subscribe there for weekly devotionals and discover some fantastic bonus resources as well. And while that's all for this episode, I hope that you'll follow along and always remember, most importantly, that you are loved, you are seen, and you are known. So until next time, God bless.